Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Give the wings of my John, and we've been looking at uh, the seven signs. There were seven miracles with a message, and he ends it all by doing what? Bringing Lazarus up from the grave, right? After he'd been in the grave for four days. And so Lazarus is in the grave for four days, and Jesus raises him up, and he walks out of the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come forth, right? He did all kinds of miracles, all kinds of signs, all kinds of things. And every one of those proved that Jesus is God. And so the whole reason the book of John was written, it says many other signs Jesus did in the presence of his disciples. But these signs, these miracles with a message were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe in you might have life in his name. And so we saw in the beginning, he talks about that in the very beginning of the book. He says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were created by Him and for Him. And there was nothing created that was created without Him, right? And then he said, in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. In other words, Jesus was always there. He's God, and He was called the Word, and He created everything he sustains everything and then it says in him was life not just physical life but spiritual life right and that's the main thing is it's so everybody has physical life but the bible says not everybody's going to go to heaven because not everybody's calling on the name of the lord jesus christ he says god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life And then in a few verses later, he says that some love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. The same kind of love God had for us, the willful love, the loving kind, the loving us just as we are. These people love their sin in the same way. And so uh, we keep on and we keep seeing how Jesus does the first miracle. He turns the water into wine and then he goes into the temple and He does what? He cleanses the temple and he shows that he's God because he does what? He cleanses the temple and he kicks all the money changers out. Remember they were charging about, uh, what was it, about $4 for a nickel dove. So uh, I don't know what kind of percentage that is, but that's quite a a, uh, increase, isn't it? And so they were charging at least 10 times the amount for all the animals they were selling and they were exchanging coins and Jesus showed he was God 
because first of all, he had the right to regulate worship in the temple. And then he talks about the next thing he's going to do in verse 20, talks about that he can, he's going to raise his body from the grave because Jesus has the power to come out of the grave, right? And then today, as we're looking at it, we want to see chapter 2, verse 23 of the book of John. And I want to look at about three verses here today. And we just want to talk about those who believe, but they didn't really believe in the right way. And so they did not make it to heaven. And he says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So we see that he's doing these signs. He's doing these things in Jerusalem at the Passover. Remember the Passover? We've talked about that. That's when they were killing all the little lambs because that was the time that when they were in Egypt and God delivered them from the slavery and the Egyptians and they put the blood on the doorpost and the lentils and and the death angel passed over that night because they were saying, we believe that Jesus is coming one day. That was basically what they were doing. They were trusting in the fact that, that God was going to protect them. God was going to save them. And it was a picture of that future salvation of Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so he's at this Passover and he's doing these signs, he's doing these miracles and he's, and he's making these people mad. And what happens? It says many believed in his name. And, you know, many times in the Bible it talks about that people believed in Jesus. But it talks about they didn't believe in him in the right way. They didn't believe in him savingly. They didn't believe in him in such a way that they would make it to heaven. You know, a lot of people believe in Jesus, right? I remember one time we went to this place and we asked the people, we said, were y'all going to heaven? And they said, yeah, we're going to heaven. And we said, well, why are you going to heaven? They said, well, I don't know. I just know I'm going. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, well, what are the requirements to get into heaven? They couldn't tell us anything. They said, well, we just know we're going to heaven. And the Bible says that it's by faith, right, that we put our trust in Christ. We believe in what he did, his death on the cross for our sins. He died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And we believe that Jesus is God, that he's our Lord. We put our trust in him, our faith in him, and ask him to forgive us and save us, right? That's how we get to heaven, not by anything we can do. The Bible says it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Galatians, I think, chapter 3 says we testify that, that no man, that means men and women, are justified or saved by works. So works don't save you. Church membership, communion, baptism, anything that you do is not going to get you to heaven. It's believing on Jesus Christ and asking him to forgive you and save you. That's what the Bible says. You can go and look and search, but you'll never see in the Bible that it says you're going to get to heaven by doing anything else. That's the problem with the Jews in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They said they were going to make it to heaven because they thought they were keeping the Ten Commandments and, and because they were Jews, they thought they were going to heaven, right? For about the first 20, 30 years of my life, I thought, you know, that's how you got to heaven. You were, 
you know, you were a pretty good person. You went to church. You got married. You went to church the rest of your life. And because you're a pretty good person, you went to heaven. That's what I believed. You know, that's what I was taught. Because I did more good than bad. And, you know, that... If you do more good than bad, you're a pretty good fellow, a pretty good lady, you know, you're going to make it to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you got to turn from your sins and ask God to forgive you and save you. And that might just be something as simple as to cry of your heart. One day I was in the church and the preacher was preaching that, and I just said, oh God, that's what I need. And, you know, that was what I said inside of me, right? I didn't say it out loud. I didn't walk an aisle. I didn't pray a prayer. I didn't do anything. I just said, oh God, that's what I need. That's me. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I need to be changed. Because I'm not the person I ought to be. And God heard the cry of my heart that day. And that's all it has to be is it's the cry of your heart. He said, if you believe with your mouth, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that means with your whole being, you understand the truth, you believe the truth, you, you trust in that truth, and then every day you begin to live for him because once you do that, he makes you a new person, a new creation, and he said the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But see what it says is many believed in his name. In his name means all that he is. But they didn't believe in such a way that they were saved because it says here, when they saw the signs which he did. See, they were looking at the miracles that Jesus did. And as you go through the book of John, what you find out as you go through the book of John is you see all the time that people are following him. When you get to John chapter 6, it kind of comes to a climax and Jesus does what? He feeds 5,000 men and women and children with five fish and, and two loaves of bread and and what happens? All these people come and the next day they're looking for Jesus and they, they're looking all over the place and they can't find him because the disciples and he had gone over to the other side of the lake and they finally find him on the other side of the lake and what do they do? They, they, they say, we've been looking all over for you. And you know what Jesus says to them? He says, you didn't seek me because you're looking for me but you came because of the food that I gave you. That's what he tells them. I fed you, and that's why you're looking for me, because you want another free meal. See, they were looking for a Jesus who would deliver them from the oppression of Rome. They were looking for a Jesus who would be this conqueror king. They were looking for a Jesus who would feed them and fix them and heal them. That was the Jesus they were looking for. And many people today, that's what they're looking for. And you know, they're all over the TV. You've got these people, these prosperity preachers, and that's what they're preaching. You know, if you trust Jesus, you can be healthy, wealthy, and wise and have everything you want, you know. But that's not what the Bible says. My Bible says all who desire to, li to live godly shall suffer. And it also says in this world you'll have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. And God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. I told some folks the other day, I said, do you want to have problems because of the way you live or do you want to have problems because you follow Jesus I'd rather have problems because I follow Jesus right and that's the way that, you know, we're all going to have problems in this world the question is is do you create your own problems or do people persecute you because you love Jesus you know all of us are going to have problems we're going to grow older we're going to have health problems physical problems maybe some mental problems 
you know, who knows what we're going to have. But the bottom line is, is we're going to have problems in this world. We're going to suffer in this world. But I'd rather suffer for following Jesus and suffer knowing that I know Jesus than to suffer because of all the crazy, stupid decisions I've made. And I make my own bed and I, I have to lie in it, you know. There's this little saying that says you can make, you can uh, choose what you want to do, but you can't pick the consequences. You know, if you steal something, there's going to be consequences, right? If you lie, there's going to be consequences. If you don't do what's right, there's going to be consequences. And I told folks the other night, I said, listen, you know, it's like, like a computer and, you know, that you can hit the delete button or the undo button if you know what that is on the computer. But the bottom line is, is once we make a decision, once we do something, most of the time we have to live with that decision, don't we? Because it's already done and you can't undo what you already did. And so these people, they believed in his name, but it says they believed because of the signs that he had done. Like I said, these people were looking for a fix me, heal me, feed me, Jesus. They were looking for a king who was going to get them out of Rome and, and, and run Rome back out of Jerusalem and take over and he'd be the king. They weren't looking for a savior of a spiritual kind. They were looking for a, a person who was going to be their deliverer on the earth. That's what they were looking for. And when Jesus ultimately shows who he is in John chapter 6, it says most of his disciples left him and he looks at Peter and the rest of the disciples, the ones that end up staying with him, he said, will you leave me too? And what does Peter say? He says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the one who has the words of eternal life. And he, you know, he said, where else are we going to go? And that's what we need to look for. Where else are we going to go? He has the word of eternal life. He's the one that saves. He's the one that, that changes us. He's the one that loves us and cares for us. He's the one that's there no matter what anybody else does. If everybody else in the world leaves us or doesn't have anything to do with us, we still got Jesus who loves us and cares for us, right? That's what we need to remember. Because, you know, everybody's going to let us down, right? Somewhere along the line, I'll let you down or somebody else will let you down. Your family will let you down. Your friends will let you down. Your kids will let you down. You know, and everybody will let you down. But Jesus will never let you down because he always loves you. He might not stop you from going through difficult times and hard times and difficult places, but he'll be with you through those difficult times and difficult places. And so they believed in his name when they saw the signs, which he did. But here's the kicker. It says, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and he had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. And so he says he did not commit himself to them. See, Jesus knows what's in here on these people. He knows that they're not really following because they want a spiritual Jesus. They want to be saved. They want to be changed. But he knows that they want the fix me, feed me, heal me Jesus, right? The political Jesus. And so he will not commit himself to them. In other words, he doesn't say, yes, I'm going to, I'm committing myself to you because I know you're the real thing, right? And, uh, but he knows that they're not because what does the Bible say? The Bible says 
that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the what? The heart, right? God knows our heart. He knows the very hairs on our head, how many we got. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He says, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. And you were beautifully and wonderfully made, right? And Jesus knows everything about us. That's kind of scary, isn't it? That he knows our thoughts before we think them. <laughs> but he knows everything about us, you know. One of the scriptures says, if I go to Sheol or I go into the grave, you're there. If I go into heaven, you're there. No matter where I go, you're there. Because you know everything about me. And so Jesus knows that these people are not true believers. That they're not wanting him for who he really is. And he says that he did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. Remember when the Bible most of the time it talks about men, it's talking about mankind, right? He knew, knows all people is what it's really saying. Because it says he had no need that anyone should testify of man because he knew what was in man. And that's talking about anthropos, mankind. People get upset about the Bible a lot of times because it just says man, but it's using the word mankind, people. And so he says he had no need that anyone should testify man because he knew what was in man. Think about that, folks. God knows every little thing about us. God knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. And you know what? He loves us anyway. You know, that's the wonderful thing about it. Romans chapter 5 says that Jesus died for us while we were yet enemies and sinners. See, that's the hard part, is getting people to understand that they're sinners and then they need a Savior. Because a lot of folks, just like these Jews, they thought they didn't need a Savior. They thought that they were okay because they were Jews. They thought they were okay because they, they did all these things that were in the law. But the Bible says the law will never save you. If you really look at the law, you'll realize that the law says all these commandments and you got to keep them perfectly. Has anybody ever not lied or stolen something or wanted something somebody else had? You know, that's, that's in there. Some people remove that verse, that, that command, thou shalt not covet. Has anybody ever not stolen anything? Has anybody never really said something so mean to somebody or thought something so mean about somebody? The Bible says that if you call a brother somebody a fool, that in your heart, that he says, Jesus said, it's like murder. It's not as if you really murdered somebody, but he says, it's in, what's in the heart. See, people think it's what I do out here that, that is wrong. But the Bible says that God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. That the scripture is like a sword. It, it cuts to the joints and the marrow and the, and the heart and the soul. And it, and it divides it and it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? And so unfortunately all of us if we're not saved, we have a heart that wants what it wants, right? That's why people do such crazy stuff in the world. And you know what? You may have never done anything like some of these crazy people, and you probably haven't. But you know what? If you've ever 
thought mean thoughts about somebody or called them a name or cussed or lied or stole or wanted something else somebody else wanted or wished they didn't have it. The Bible says that's sin, right? To him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, that's sin. And James says if you've broken one law, you've broken all of them. And so the bottom line is, is we're all sinners. But the, and, the, but, and the good news is that Jesus came to save sinners. <laughs> you know what Paul said? He said, of which I am the chief of sinners. And you know what that means, folks? We all need a Savior. There was only one perfect person. That was Jesus, right? But the rest of us, we needed a Savior. And that's why God sent Jesus to die on the cross, to be buried. He died for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day so that we could go to heaven. And that's the only thing that'll get you to heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what will get us to heaven. All other things lead to the wrong place. Yeah, I did a little devotional. I put it back out on the, my website today. And it says, why do you think God gave us the Ten Commandments? You know, a lot of people think that God gave the Ten Commandments just so we couldn't have fun. That he's like this some kind of cosmic killjoy that says, if you do this, you know, I don't want you to have any fun, so don't lie, don't steal, don't do this, don't do that, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't covet, don't do this and don't do that. And that's what a lot of people think. Well, you can't tell me what to do. But the Bible says, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. See, all those things are in bondage. Every time the Jews didn't live for God, what happened to them? They went into captivity. That's why our prisons and our jails are full of people. Because these things they thought were freedom caused them to be locked up. Some people are locked up in hating people. Some people are locked up in depression. Some people are locked up in just all kinds of thoughts. And some people are locked up in drugs and alcohol. And some people are just locked up inside their own self because they can never get outside of their self and be happy. But see, Jesus died so that we could be free from all those things. Jesus died so that we could truly be free and trust him and say, Jesus, you know what? I got a problem here. Can you, can you, can you give me the strength and the power to overcome it? And he says, yes, I can. I will. Just ask me. And that's why Jesus loves us so much. Is he saw that we were sinners. And he died for us anyway. But then he gives us the power to become the people he wants us to be. You know, it's sad so many people think that God doesn't want them to have any fun. But I always tell people... Would you let your kids or your grandkids or maybe your great-grandkids go play out in the middle of the busy highway out there? Would you just say, go out there and play in the middle of that highway out there? Anybody here want to do that? Uh-uh. You're not going to do that, right? Why? Because you love them, right? And that's why God gave us the commandments. That's why he gave us the Bible. He says, Marty, and you put your name in there. He says, I love you. And I don't want you to get hurt. So... I gave you these commands and these things because I want you to understand how to live your life. That's what I want you to do. But see, one of the things that we have to realize and one of the reasons the law of the Ten Commandments was given 
was to show us that we can't keep it perfectly. And because we can't keep that law perfectly, we, we get discouraged and that should bring us to Christ. Because he's the one that can give us the strength and the power to live in a right way and to follow him and do what's right. And that's why the law was given, so that we could come to Christ. It, it, it says the law was a pedagogy. Anybody in here was a teacher or something? Y'all know that word? It means it was a teacher. It was a tutor to bring us to Christ. Because the law shows I can't keep the law perfectly. He says there's two commands that sum up the whole law. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Anybody done that perfectly today? Not me. <laughs> but you know what? That's the bad news. But the good news is, is if we trust Christ, he paid for all of our sins. You know, the Bible says that the reason he was named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That was why he's named Jesus. Because he's a savior. And he will forgive us. And he loves us anyway, right? And no matter what we do, he still loves us. If we're truly Christians, we have been forgiven of everything we've ever done, ever have done, ever will do. Like I said before to people, they, that doesn't give you a license to sin, but it does give you freedom to know that when you mess up, that you don't have to beat yourself up and be all pitiful because you can go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. And he says, Marty, I know you messed up again. And I know you did it again. But you know what? I love you and you're my child. And I forgive you. Because I paid for all your sins. And you are my child because you trusted in me. You know, that's the wonderful thing about knowing Jesus. Somebody said, oh, they put a bumper sticker on the back of the car. They said, Christians aren't sinless. They're just forgiven. And none of us are ever going to be sinless this side of heaven. But when we put our trust in Jesus, we can be forgiven. That's the good news. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. Not will have, but has. It's not only a quantity of life in heaven one day, but it's also quality of life here. That life is better. Well, we sing, because he lives, life is worth the living because he lives. And that's the summary of the Bible. Life is worth the living because he lives. If he'd have stayed in the grave, we couldn't have been saved. If he'd have stayed in the grave, we couldn't be cleansed. We couldn't be changed. We couldn't be children of God. But because he lives, we can face anything if we're truly Christians. And let's pray. And if you've never trusted Christ and asked Christ to forgive you, ask God to forgive you because Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again, just in the quietness of your heart today, just say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Save me. And if you truly believe that God will forgive you, will save you, will change you, and you don't need to do anything else but believe, that's what we call faith, right? God said it and I believe it. Then ask him and then take him at his word. And you know what the Bible says? God will forgive you. God will save you. God will take you to heaven one day. I was thinking about that song, I'm a child of the king, I'm a child of the king. Thank God I'm a child of the king, right? And you can say that if you know Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those here that already know you as Lord and Savior. I don't know who that is. Maybe it's everybody here. I don't know. Lord, but you know. You know our thoughts before we thank them. But if there's even one here today 
It is not sure if they died today, they'd go to heaven. I pray today they'd get right with you, that they'd do business with you, and they'd ask you to forgive them and ask you to save them, knowing that you will, because you said whoever calls on my name shall be saved. Whoever calls on my name shall never be put to shame. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. For with the heart you confess unto righteousness, and with the mouth unto salvation. Do that today, Lord. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.